0: All right, guys, welcome to Jammers in the Rough. This is episode seven. We're kind of just vibing. We have a guest coming at 615. He's running Did a little bit won? late. We have a course here in Oregon where it's a creek that kind of is like runoff from a factory. So we call it Shit Creek. Um, and he threw his disc in it and he had to spend like 15 minutes getting it out and he needed it for a tournament tomorrow there. So he's disc running he has a little bit a behind. Retriever? Um, yeah, two fingers.
1: No. inappropriate um. <laughs> it's a family it's a show
0: you go two, two right oh no no it's one one in the stink i got you i got you but so guys we're waiting for for him our special guest we'll announce him when he arrives but right now we're kind of just vibing so if you guys have any questions you want to chat with us before the show starts let me know but we just kind of just dove into the iron samurai three i know dynasty is on everybody's i'm going to do a review um, I think that's going to be either coming next week or the week after. I'm going to spend Vegas. Every time I throw a 2 I'm going to throw this. But You're going to throw it during your tournament? Uh, no. Oh, um, I was going to say, what? I'm driving down Saturday. So, I'm playing a course Saturday. I'm playing De La and Santa Cruz on Sunday and Monday. And then Monday evening, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, practice rounds. And that's where I'll be kind of, like, throwing it. I don't think I'll trust it quite for Vegas, especially where – my CD2s are so trustworthy right now. I don't want to jeopardize that in a tournament. But after Vegas... But I should have enough video to kind of review it and have some thoughts on it.
1: You should throw it and then send it back in the mail.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you have a dynasty to replace it, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I have... Um, <laughs> I got some, like, T-Birds and Gremlins. The 24th, they, the dynasty gets released.
0: Yeah. And I'm telling, I'm telling people right now, like, I think you guys heard me talk about, like, the Dark Rebel, where I'm just, like, I'm so excited for the Dark Rebel, not because I'm going to throw it, but because it's a good introductory to people that don't have the FD and don't want to go down that train. I'm stoked on the Dynasty for people that don't, one, that don't like me, that don't like Savants, and two, want that CD2 flight, like, buy five, buy ten, like, get your stock now, because you don't know what their release schedule is going to be like, especially when you have Infinite, like, yeah, me, where it's like, oh, becoming collector overnight, I had 10 Iron Samurai Ones because those are my backups. Well, that's because I bought into DM before they became, like, Infinite's going to have more and more demand, and they're going to be at the whims of Innova, and that's always tough. And so, I mean... Do
1: you think, the do you think they're going to be the next group to go kind of like dismania, and they're going to have to start producing their own stuff?
0: I mean, I think so. I think you look at things like Latitude, Buying Out, Costa, and I think... And or Infinite's going to do things like how do we pair up, like they're pairing up with Finish Line with Drew Gibson, right? So that's almost like the Active Line. So you have, okay, Innova-based discs, their originals, and then you have their Finish Line, which will be Active Line, and I'm sure they'll find a third partner in this mix to kind of bring in some more discs. I think Infinite's doing like very close to what um, x is doing, and they're kind of doing that with our Finish Line now and Drew Gibson. But
2: their relationship with Innova seems to be, a, or at least near the end, it's a lot better than what Dismania had. Because you can see with Infinite, their releases are happening consistently and often, where while Infinite was releasing their stuff, Dismania had no stock. Um, so it kind of paints a picture of kind of what was happening near the end of that relationship. Um, I mean, like, like when well, like- it releases the Dynasty, I think it's going to break their website again. I mean, absolutely. just the TSA. I'm t- trying to get ten. <laughs> the what?
0: I'm trying to get ten.
2: <laughs> yeah, ML- and <laughs> hype is. Do you think the stamp will be the same? Oh, absolutely. I hope so. I mean, the stamp's a, pretty thing. sick, dude. Yeah, that's a you know TSA at their finest. They're really gonna make. And it's it like, like has that been confirmed? It is TSA. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's been confirmed. But also, what I like about it is because not only is it TSA art, but it showcased what Infinite is known for. Show yours. It's a double and triple stamping. Yeah, that look double at that. and triple stamping like when we talk about Cloudbreaker three and like do this to show off the art infinite is showing off
1: this art and this art is freaking beautiful i'm mean, like black teal pink you don't see yeah. the only other the only stuff you ever see that on is like infinite think about the zoe sphinx that was a triple stamp uh, TSA does
0: that as well they do triples
1: tsa yeah but like why haven't other companies picked up on that like
0: i think it, i mean i think you're dealing with quantities right like When Infinite gets a stack of 3,000, they're able to slow it down and do that. But when mania has a stack of 15,000, I don't think you have the ability to, like, you know, be doing that because you have 15,000 coming in here and then 15,000 thousand 2s that need to be out. We have, you know, I don't think they have the uh, capacity to do it like Infinite does. That's my thought.
2: Logical. I just (laughs) think Infinite needs to fix their website because even with the TSA release, of the Animus, like, right at the time of release it took forever to get in
1: um, infinite website takes forever even like at three in the morning when nothing nothing's, like
0: nothing's released and you're like i want to go read an article infinite
1: crash it's terrible i don't know why someone said they are making a new website but my goodness i hope so because like for how much disk they're slinging they
2: should focus their money into a new website
0: yeah well can I like since we're talking about infinite? I was having a conversation with a buddy today, and can we say what an amazing signing Eric Oakley really was? I am absolutely blown away by, you know, him hitting the ground, reemerging himself as a pro and like or like a charismatic individual that everybody's liked, but he's been so quiet and hushed. Um, him coming out into this like, hey, look, I'm Eric Oakley, and then using all of his charm to bring in different pros to push these discs and it's not even like him pushing them for himself like i know they have the borg and now the dynasty but he's pushing fierces like i wanted to pick up my fierce again when i saw that video with uh page pierce when he's doing the putters i'm like what about the hunter from legacy like he's doing amazing like talk about uh, like win of the season for me <laughs> like signing like he's doing great things
1: danny's on tsa TSA's yeah awesome too well, I've heard that a lot of disc golf companies now are, they're not looking for the best player to sign. They're looking for the best
0: uh, like online computer. presence. Think
1: about Kona. Kona has one of the better online presences. That's what makes her worth the amount of money. She's not the top female player. I don't even think she's, is she top 10? Yeah. She's, okay. So, but still her, on, Eric Oakley is a, good online presence he's likable people want to follow his stuff people want to interact with him and as a company in an age of social media people want to be around that so companies will invest in that
0: supposedly i mean i've seen some companies that don't <laughs> no well no, i'm saying I, the I think, smart
1: companies are saying are
0: no i i mean i think you're absolutely right i think as disc golf like you're no longer it's kind of like you know, all disc golfers are great. Like, what are you doing to separate yourself in order to get that, you know, sponsorship? And I was having a conversation with a buddy, I think last week, and he was like, well, I don't know if I do enough to get sponsored. I'm like, dude, you might not play 25 tournaments like I do a year, but what do you do? And it was like, okay, you tournament direct, you're building a course, you've gone and done a presentation on a golf course. Like that's all sponsorship worthy because you're doing a community-based thing. Like, Finding different ways to market yourself and feeling confident in marketing yourself, I think is like super important. That's why, you know, Casey White, when he went with Simon Laza on the video, he was finding a way to market himself so that he can get that like sponsorship and break into like traveling on that pro tour. All right. We got a, we got a creeper jumping into my random zoom. I try to scramble this as much as I can, but he's here. Can you hear us? No. Oh, Wait, first air world air problems, air. no Wi-Fi. <laughs>
1: He's driving he just, and podcasting.
0: Driving, podcasting. I, I think he was just listening to us and he was like, I got to get in this. <laughs> he probably doesn't like something I'm saying. This is, uh <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I'm talking shit. And he can't even hear me.
1: <laughs> oh, he can probably hear you. He just can't respond. So now's the best time. If you got to get something off your chest page, do it now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean,
0: he's supposed to beat me up this morning for our morning round, and he slept in. Who does that? <laughs>
1: morning round on a Friday? Come on, homeboy. Morning round every day.
0: I'm waking up before my alarm at this point. Like, my alarm would be six thirty. I'm waking up at six twenty, like ready to go.
1: Man, I gotta, I gotta get be on w- way to work by then. I gotta be at school by seven.
0: Well, see, I'm not a teacher. I get a job that supports my disc golf uh, addiction.
1: I can putt all day in my classroom, dude. Oh, man, but you still miss your putts. Oh, <laughs> no. all the time. <laughs> all the time. I can practice for hours a day, 15-footer
2: <laughs> off the band. Yeah, I love when I land, like, 10 feet from the basket. And they're like, oh, sweet, tap in. I'm like, <gasps> nerve, yeah. man. That's not a tap in for me. I mean, I guys, are you...
0: I'm not sure if you guys saw my live putting this week, but. I saw a comment on Instagram today or a video the other day where it was talking about like practice your fifteen foot putts. Quit thinking they're tappins. They are not tappins. Get in that routine. And it's just like, I don't know why nobody has talked about that. And I don't know why this is the first time I'm hearing this, but fifteen foot putts aren't tappins. Quit acting like they're tappins. Like I need to like that's for me. That's not for you guys. That's for me. Like I'm just. If I can't
1: physically touch the basket with my hand, it's not a tapping.
0: Exactly right, and I've missed those. No, I haven't, but I've watched Josh miss them, and that's that's real. It's true. It's I a... miss those all the time. Oh, it's it's stupid. <laughs> Can you hear us now, Colin? Yeah. <laughs> Can you guys oh, hear me? Right. Yeah. No.
3: Okay. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying out some headphones, but apparently they don't work. So.
0: <laughs> Are you gonna be safe or? You want us yeah, to I wait? Got my buddy
3: Curtis driving. So,
0: what no, up, Curtis? Yeah. Hey, Curtis. Guest on guests.
3: Yeah. Let's do a double, a double guys, podcast. So can actually, pitch in a little bit.
0: Yeah, dude, I run Big Beach <laughs> Well, maybe now's a chance, guys.
3: We are at
0: our height. We have everyone in here, so let's start our jammers in the rough officially. So. Sure. I did want to kind of give pause before we start. Like, I'm just so excited about the way our direction's going and the people that we've been bringing in. And so I wanted to give Colin a special shout out. He does CH Sports. He's a local celebrity up here in the Northwest. He's filming every A, B tier he can get his hands on um he has an amazing double partner coming up at milo like he's just I mean, is it
1: the guy driving him because it can't be you <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he's just he's an amazing individual that i have just like absolutely love to like gotten to know over the last kind of month um but he does ch4 so check him out on youtube um i'll go over a quick introduction we have cody the absolute worst waldron we have josh who's just figuring it out winter and myself, Paige. So, the no No nickname
3: himself- for Paige, huh? <laughs>
0: we've
1: been talking about this for weeks, Colin. He just refuses to give himself a name. Yeah, I even though we've got him for him.
3: Quick name change for Josh, too, huh? I thought it was always. winter's coming or something. Right? That's, he, it's he always changing.
2: It. He, likes a, he likes a jab. I'm the only <laughs> consistent.
1: Just the worst.
0: Yeah, Cody's <laughs> absolutely absolute worst. Like, you can't change that. You go to Terminal Velocity and see their pro – player profile and it's Cody the worst Waldron like it's just it is. I just just show my
1: wife that like hey sweetie I just got picked up and she's like why does it say the worst like "Uh, just don't ask (laughs) (laughs) you married it you know
3: (laughs) you married it you know yeah I guess once you're in that deep you kind of know what what the the whole deal is yeah
1: I've come to terms with it (laughs) (laughs) well Colin you want to give us a little bit more background on who you
0: are and what you're Uh, about
3: Sure. Yeah. So uh, my name's Colin, as Paige mentioned. Uh, I run a local uh, disc golf YouTube channel here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, Like Paige said, I kind of, I jump on every A and B tier that people will let me out to. Um, And yeah, really my, my whole focus is just highlighting not only the players that we have here in the Pacific Northwest, but all the like amazing courses that we have that wouldn't get any coverage of them if, you know, we didn't have local groups like, like myself and there's groups all over the country that are doing the same thing that I do, but I'm, uh, I'm doing it for Pacific Northwest. So I'm, I'm super happy to be bringing in, and honestly, the, the comments that I get and the feedback that I get is what keeps me going. And I just, you know, I'll keep doing it as long as, you know, it's, it's fun and I'm, am I, and I'm able to do it, but, uh, yeah. That's kind of my, my little background.
0: No, and I will say, like, I mean, I love what you're doing because you're right. Like, the Pacific Northwest needs more cameras on them. And I think when people think it, like, they're not from here, they think Milo, which is Be- Beaver State Flame. They think PDX, Glendivere now, golf courses. They think, you know, even Trojan, water. But it's like, I don't think those four co- courses, like, really do enough justice to what the Northwest golf is all about. And the more I travel, the more I realize, like, not only like how better prepared I am for whenever I go, because of like the diversity in like the Northwest golf, but like this kind of what it shapes and the tools that it shapes. So like, for me, like, I absolutely love that. You shine that spotlight when you see people like playing at Buxton, it's like, Oh man, this isn't quintessential Oregon, (laughs) you know, like course, you're in the woods, you're up on elevation. You're, you know, like this hillside, but we also like have our coast, like something that's just with Oregon in general, like, we have mountains, we have dunes, we have beaches, we have hills, we have flats, like in plains and deserts, like so I mean yeah. be able to showcase all of that is
3: I mean awesome and then even just past that, like even past all the courses that we have, we have all this amazing talent that just does not get recognized like you know Scott Scott withers is one that we've had here in the Northwest for a while, and he's been dominating the scene for a long time and if you ask anybody outside of Oregon, they may have heard his name, but not really understand like just how dominant this guy is. Like he's he's gonna go out on tour and surprise some people this year. And then other up and comers like Chris Nelson doesn't get any spotlight. Cole Redolins just starting to step into the spotlight with his performance at Ledgestone last year. Um, even guys up in the Washington area, I've filmed Chandler Fry, I've filmed Kyle Crabtree, James Proctor. Like there's there's just a lot of guys in our Northwest scene that won't get, even if they do get spotlight, they don't get as much as they deserve. And so outside of just the courses, which is amazing, I love being able to have, you know, I have film at Whistler's now, I have film at Buxton, which is one that doesn't get highlighted very often. And it's an amazing course that we have here in the Northwest, Um, you know, so even just past the courses that we have, getting to film all the talent that we have here as well has really been one of the highlights of my channel for sure.
0: No, and I will say, like, kind of just breathing life into that as well, like, we do have, like, such a tough time here in the Northwest, just in regards to, like, travel, and so, like, when you have people like Scott or Chris, like, their inability to travel as much because, like, they get, like, is coming up, and that's an 18-hour drive? Like, Cody, like, how many states can you hit within 18 hours?
1: Uh, I can touch, well, from my house, I can be in four states in under 40 minutes.
0: Right, like, And those are four states worth of tournaments that's, you know, four potential pro tours that's, you know, like, I mean, like there was somebody like I was talking to the other day where he's like, oh, Chicago to Oklahoma is like 18 hours. I'm like, that's absolutely nothing. That's ridiculous. Like, you know, like to go from north to south, like, you know, for me, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to drive down to LVC because I got in and I'm going to save some money and it's going to be 18 hour drive. Sacramento um, with OTB open, that's 12 hour drive when you have, you know, like some of these other tournaments, like, so the ability to travel to these pro tours, like, those are our closest ones start at 12 hours, let alone like these far away ones. And so, I mean, when it comes to like filming, I think we talk about it all the time. Like, that's why, like, you're putting a spotlight on these pros, and that's what's going to get these people noticed because it's like, that's like we were talking before you came on about like, well, how do you market yourself? You know, and attaching yourself to a film crew, I think, is really important. And I'd also be remiss if I don't stop right now. And tell all of you podcasters that listen to us to go check out Resistance Discs, who are doing a podcast. Jeff Korn, if you guys don't know who he is, um, he kind of owns, operates Resistance Discs. He's kind of a touring buddy. You can probably see him on Adam Hammis's bag on film a lot last year. Um, he's also like for some of those old Discmania people, he was an old manager there. So he's in all of the Discmania groups and had amazing gems um and he's still like relatively active i think he's still admin on one of them um and scott like you were saying is 1035 1040 rated pro that you probably never heard of and so these are amazing individuals so like i said stop if you listen to us go check out their podcast as well we're all about supporting anyone we can so i didn't want to kind of do that but we can jump into our first question but what made you decide to film disc golf uh
3: i think for a lot of the same reasons that I was talking about with my channel in general, is kind of why I started my channel. Like organically, I would, I, I guess to start it all, I uh, kind of like you, I would look up footage on uh, being a tournament player myself. I'd look up footage for Bryant Park or look up footage for Adair or whatever. And in our area, something like maybe a little bit too far to go get a consistent practice round at, but at least find some coverage for it. And the things that I was finding was one, either there was footage of it and it was just like 10 to 15 years old and like almost unwatchable at this point or two, uh, they they just didn't have any footage at all. So that's kind of why organically I was just like, Hey, maybe if I just go film this tournament, the next guy that's looking for some footage at, Willamette mission state park can now look it up and see like, okay, this is what the course somewhat lays out like, and you know, maybe not have to drive that hour and a half, two hours, whatever it is for them to go get just a practice round in for an amateur tournament. Um, And so then going beyond that, you know, all the reasons that we were talking about before are things like once I've gotten to meet all these players, like knowing that Scott doesn't have too much footage out there, knowing that Chris doesn't have too much footage out there, Cole, Chandler Fry, all the guys that we mentioned before, knowing all of them don't have footage out there. It kind of like allowed me to keep going. And from there, it was easy to find sponsors because, um, you know, I would associate myself with all these guys that are really high up. Like Scott was pretty high at Innova for a while and is like pretty well known at Discraft and Resistance now. So being able to make those types of connections really helped uh, be able to find sponsors not only for me as a player, but for me as you know a coverage provider. So um, that's kind of what's allowed me to keep going. Um, yeah, that's kind of why I started filming in the first place.
1: um Before you were filming like disc golf, well, like did you were you into filming and production beforehand, or was it just something you picked up because you were in disc golf? Yeah. So my degree is in
3: film production. So I've, okay. I've had some pretty extensive background uh in it and so you know from there is a pretty easy transition I I always skip over that part when I'm explaining like how I got into filming disc golf and everything but um no yeah so my that's where my you know kind of my my whole experience lies so even before filming disc golf that's kind of what I was doing for work even I've worked on commercials I've worked on different film productions and many documentaries and all kinds of stuff so uh yeah that's kind of where my experience lies in general outside of disc golf as well
0: you got a little bit quiet there colin i wasn't sure if like you dropped your mic or something or if your phone kind of fell down but you were super quiet
3: <laughs> maybe i was covering up the mic does that sound better
0: yeah, yeah that sounds a lot better but we could, we could hear most of it it was just kind of quiet so okay I think our, our did you need me to
1: no, it was seemed it like actually, you just took two of your passions and just kind of married them together. You love disc, disc golf. You were a film major and you just found a found a problem and you decided to solve it yourself. So that's pretty cool. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, that's kind of where everything started.
1: So adult film school
0: to disc golf. Was that just because you were in love of the book? Oh, wow. Okay,
3: wow. <laughs> Trying to stay friendly family podcast. friendly here, okay. buddy. Come on. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's super inappropriate. <laughs> but, I mean, I think we talk about, like, the direction of film. Um, we look at things like, you know, DGPT going to, um, you know, live coverage. We just watched the All-Stars. We, there was a lot of criticism with Worlds last year. What do you see, like, some of the direction and future directions of, you know, the kind of the filming industry for, like, disc golf?
3: Uh, I think really there, there's a lot of things that we kind of haven't explored yet in disc golf. And, uh, that's kind of why you see like the th- the things that we get sponsored for are so few right now. Like the things that could be sponsored versus the things that are currently sponsored in disc golf are two very like far, far apart things. Uh, sorry, one second. I'm <laughs> I'm just getting home, so I'm like answering a question and figuring stuff out. One second.
1: <laughs> just a little pause. Well, yeah. I guess is
0: now with
1: this pause, is because, Oh, go ahead. Oh. This pause. Let's. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Answers. Pause for
3: one one second. Sorry.
1: We're having an intermission. If you guys need to grab a quick snack. <laughs> Uh,
0: velocities have all of your disc needs I'll say go this is when it. we come need a sponsor live.
1: like this.com. Zach you listening <laughs> Zach Wendell come on buddy I heard Grow It they might sponsor us right Soul Crusher disc oh, golf yeah. go check out the
0: art or the disc golf art by an artist for disc golfers <laughs>
1: Jewelry's <laughs> doing... Fly Dye come Jewelry's check out Jewelry's
0: Fly die. Black vinyl discs. I was going to say, pen- Mike Kemp had black vinyl discs. <laughs> between two pines. I thought it was between the pines. Between the pines. <laughs>
1: Gosh. <laughs> I mean, you had the T right. <laughs> these, <laughs>
0: aren't, these aren't our sponsors. or are just friends of ours that we like to give a shout out any chance we get. We talked about Resistance Open, our Resistance Podcast now.
1: I mean, if they want to start paying us, on. that's cool, too. But <laughs> well, whatever.
3: CH Sports.
0: All <laughs> right, hey that. For- Okay.
1: I was, always, always, hey. whenever I hear a stage sports, I think of EA sports. It's in the game. Like that's. <laughs> I, you
3: have no idea how often I get that.
1: <laughs> See? All right. I'm not alone. I started just like
0: uh, sending it out and just being all Ch- sports.
3: Yeah. That's the <laughs> other one that I get all the time too. Uh, but no, to, to finish answering that question. Um, there, There's a lot of things in disc golf that just like could be sponsored that just currently aren't. And so you're starting to see a little bit more of it and um, like things like people starting to get sponsorships from like backstage organics or like um, thinking outside the box and like Paul getting that Celsius sponsorship as well. Just thinking outside the box of just a disc golf manufacturer. And I think that brings a lot more money into the sport, which helps everything in the sport grow, including uh things like i do like film production and so really it's it's about making the money work and then watching watching that help grow the sport i think that's kind of where it it takes creative minds and creative people but you know that's kind of the next step of where disc golf coverage is going
2: definitely i have a quick question for you like when you go and film a tournament from the time you finish filming to editing and getting it all ready like what's that process look like like how long does it take uh
3: it's different depending on the tournament but the thing that i i try to keep it to is about 10 days but i'm definitely not quite to that jomez or any of those guys's level of getting it out the next day but um i have gotten it done as quickly as like a day and a half if i really really push it but yeah, for me it's it's about ten days just doing it all myself. But so it's yeah. just
2: you doing everything. It's...
3: Every once in a while I'll get like a B cam guy, like the guy that was driving me home, his name's Curtis. He he helps me out on B cam sometimes. But Curtis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that's
0: a lot of...
2: like oh sorry, go, go ahead, Josh. That's a lot of work for like one person. And like I've seen a lot of your footage and your editing skills and it's, it's really good. And, you know, having somebody who films in the Northwest with the quality of work you do is is awesome to see because I'm, there's courses I've not played yet in, in Oregon that's, you know, living in Oregon, I want to go to all of them and seeing some of the footage you've done, it's like, man, I really want to try that course out. Um, but to hear that it's just you doing it blows my mind. Incredible. Um, so you get like a slow clap. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean-
1: like, did you, so speaking of do it yourself, like, have you went out and bought all the equipment? Like what kind of camera are you using? Like a microphone system? What cell, did it start with a cell phone? Like what, What is does it all look
3: Yeah. So when I very, very first started my channel and people can go back and roast these videos if they want, they're still up on my channel. You can go all the way back to the beginning of my videos. But, uh, the very, very first videos that I was putting out was on my phone and even edited on my phone as well. So it was, you know for people that want to start a youtube channel it really it doesn't take much like you can start with the absolute basics and get some stuff done like i know Ezra for a long time was only on his phone and just recently upgraded to to a camera of some sort but you know he got up to what is he up to now like 80,000 subscribers without you know using anything but a phone so um and that's just one example but Uh, some of the, some of the stuff I already had because of film school. So I already had some of the, um, editing programs already installed. And then, uh, I had a camera that I could use, but couldn't always use. It was kind of a borrowing situation for a while. And then, uh, eventually I got a good deal on buying a camera. So that's kind of where that was the next step. And then from there, it's just been slow upgrades. That's kind of the one thing that uh, comes with camera equipment is buy your base and then slowly upgrade that base it's it's tough to try and get it all at once a lot of people will try to do that and go go bankrupt pretty quick because you're not making money at the beginning but <laughs> um so yeah
0: well, i want to dive behind the scenes a little bit too when you're since we're talking about production and like kind of video to completion with editing what's the commentary like and when you bring in like guest commentators how does that impact turn around are you doing it live on zoom like what is that that whole experience
3: like yeah so uh really commentary similarly you're just talking about it it, it is kind of over zoom for the most part and then you okay so for me i have several different people that consistently do commentary for me like chris nelson dj harrington uh cole has jumped on commentary before so a lot of people like that i know are going to do commentary i end up buying them mics and so the that's why the audio quality sounds okay um and then they they record a zoom call but also record their own individual uh Mm -hmm. audio files so that i can go back and kind of mess with the levels a little bit so it gives me a little bit more freedom than just i'm sure you guys know like recording a zoom call you can't necessarily if there's three different people talking at the same time you can't go pick out exactly <laughs> who's talking out of that so um yeah so then that way i have that kind of freedom and kind of be able to move stuff around or take some audio out or whatever it needs to be but uh sorry does that answer your question no,
0: that, that's <laughs> perfectly spot on i think for me it's just like mostly like when you watch a jomez when you watch a ch sports or you know gatekeeper media or something you don't necessarily know all the work that goes in we see an hour and a half like video Uh, that's a long one right we see a 30 minute to 60 minute video and you sometimes like uh take for granted the amount of backside to make sure that it's going to keep your attention span um and not just be completely like because i've seen some coverage where it's like what am i watching because they don't get in the nitty-gritty with the editing the commentators aren't the best and you have a lot of like dead kind of air being like filmed and it's just like oh yeah like I, i've seen some bad coverage so i kind of am aware of that but not knowing like just even just like the bare minimum base to keep people's attention like the amount of work that still goes into that while also being you know like what you said like oh yeah like you don't need to be like simon lazat five thousand dollar camera and you know all these editing programs like start small and build from there and you know start to kind of film like take out your phone like i've been i mean if you guys check out my instagram you see me like. Toying around with the videos and what it likes to film and oh let me follow my disc and how do i track that and i know about 450 i can track a little bit with my phone and i think it's cracked screen so it's like oh, yeah like it's our cracked camera so it's like it's still quality enough i mean not being like a, like i, I think we, we challenge a lot of our our listeners to like go out and try new things and you know you don't know what speaks to you until it speaks to you so being like, well, like I think anyone in the lounge. I'm like, film yourself, get it behind camera. A year ago, I didn't think I'd be doing a podcast. I didn't think I'd be recording myself. I didn't know, like, I didn't know until all of a sudden, here I am. I think we've done like 20 podcasts at this point, and now I'm kind of recording myself. Well, seven on Spotify. We have like 13 or four or 15. Cody's trying to do his math, but he's a PE teacher.
1: I can't <laughs> count no good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, let's jump to our, our, like, another question, but what advice would you give,
3: well, I guess, a kind of, sorry, <laughs> what is your dream film slash production? What, what is my dream film slash production? Like, yep. working on, um, well, I guess, if we're talking, like, absolute, like, biggest dream possible, working on a Marvel movie would be, like, the oh, sure. absolute tippity-top. But uh, I get really like a more realistic dream would be working for ESPN one day. That would kind of be knowing that I made it in a way. <laughs> but yeah, working for ESPN. And then I guess, yeah, past that, working on a big Hollywood movie of some kind.
1: I would love to see how far the Hulk could throw a disc. Dude, yes. If you could somehow sneak into it. I mean, Captain America throws the shield. So I feel he does. like we're... we're... We're slowly working into that. I mean, yeah, I think his
3: is pretty high.
1: The Hulk with the group gram, he's like three.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't think the Hulk can throw that far. I think a 172, <laughs> like 175 gram PD2 first run. That stupid beef, he's gonna throw it. It's gonna be like a roller and then crash. Like I think he's too much power. He'd have to, to throw have like
1: to throw. one, one fingered.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Why. Okay,
3: but what what if we're hooking him up with some, like, tilts or something that are, like, ungodly overstable for us, but maybe for him it's, like, a nice, like, s flight yeah, exactly. You throw a Stego
1: yeah. 500 feet. <laughs> exactly, yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: see, now hmm. I gotta see this.
1: Now, like... Once we're talking
0: talking Marvel, dream, like, card of Marvel throwing... That's throwbacks.
1: what I was gonna say. Who would be, who okay. would be the person you'd want to see? I said it, Cody. I said it. I wrote
0: okay,
3: it. Okay, so... I'm a big Guardians of the Galaxy guy. That's like my big, big, big one. So Groot for sure would be on that card. Uh, probably Spider-Man. But Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man. Don't don't come at me with all that Tom Holland or whatever his name is.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, Tom if see. you're listening, I'm sorry.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Holland, we
0: apologize for our guest. <laughs>
3: uh i really hope tom is watching this i mean this podcast has gotten pretty big yeah that's awesome uh let's see groot spider-man man who's gonna be my last one i mean the card's usually four uh, ooh, but... hawkeye for sure hawkeye's sick yeah <laughs> three-man card of marvel three-man card <laughs> yep Uh, Am I filming this card? So I do. I need to add a fourth person, or am I? You can
1: be the fourth person. This is your dream, baby. Heck yeah!
3: (laughs) Okay, I'm playing with them. Let's go. I am Groot. We're all about it.
1: All right, now to segue off of that, if you could have a dream card to film of disc golf players, like I'm talking, like if you, I'm an eagle, Eric Oakley, and you know Scott Withers. What would be your dream location? Your dream card? event
3: uh well location's pretty easy i think that eagles crossing place looks pretty sick i would love to get some footage out there Um, yeah (laughs) uh and then as far as the card goes i would go yuli sexton Mm. uh garrett girthy and We'll throw Squithers in there. Why not? Scott Withers.
1: Now, would that be – would you do a skins match? Would you do doubles? What would you want to film?
3: I think something that would be pretty cool that hasn't been filmed too much is, like, some kind of doubles match play situation. So, you give, like – you split up the teams pretty evenly in terms of distance and putting or whatever, and then play match play from there. I think that would be pretty sweet.
1: That's a pretty solid car. I mean, the correct answer would have been – Paige, myself, and Josh, if you want to get back on the podcast again. But we'll uh, take, her no, take no, I, I mean, that was that. a question, and you failed it. <laughs> so you said, so you' say, Sports Yule...
0: Is now exiting the building?
1: Yeah. You see the hook come on. <laughs> so we got Yuli Sexton, uh, Girthy, and uh, Withers. That's pretty solid card at Eagles Crossing. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So if, you, if any of you all hear that, we need to work that together. CH Sports will film it. I'm
3: out there. Yeah. Let's exactly. make it happen.
1: Let's do it. So go around. back
0: to like this marvel conversation and like why you do my boy gambit so dirty like i would love to see gambit be thrown in some
2: discs
1: gambit doesn't get enough love dude unless you like <laughs> grew up watching the x-men like cartoon i don't think like kids if i asked a fifth grader at school like hey what do you think about gambit he'd be like what are you talking about man and then he'd probably like do a tiktok dance no
3: nah, <laughs> gambit's the man gambit, he just
1: didn't but make see you're in the same age bracket as us you you understand gambit He's but not. Most, he's most not. He's, know.
3: He's a, a lot of people think I am in that age bracket, but I'm not. He, is, he
0: looks 30, but he, he's really like 19. I'm only 26. 22. Oh, okay. 22. Oh, 22. That's
2: not, he, you know. He's damn. the
0: one flossing on us. Damn.
3: <laughs> I'm closer to the TikTok than Gambit, that's for sure.
1: I'm going to get yeah. my walker and get out of here. Dang, yo. <laughs> About to put uh, CH
0: Sports on blast like that, but yeah, he's a youngster, guys. He's the generation that's TikToking and he's
1: ready to do it. <laughs> what generation are we on now? Like what do what they even call this current generation? I think I'm
3: technically a general Zer, is what they're calling us now. What's after Z? I, I don't know. I don't know what's after Z. TikTokers?
2: <laughs> Gen TikTok.
3: <laughs> Gen TikTok. TikTok. I love it.
1: Uh, somewhere in the metaverse.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the NFT.
1: Generation NFT. Bitcoin. I don't know. Something like that. Uh, so we got
2: a question from chat. Um, what improvements do you feel need to be made most with the DGN live coverage? Mm. Well,
3: like I said, I think it, it kind of comes down to just like where the money is right now. I, I love, I personally love watching this golf live. Cause like, I don't know. I, I've always been a huge sports fan and just like being able to experience that moment live. Like I can only imagine if we had the James shot and like, the only way we're reacting to it is from Jomez a day later. Like that would have been, you know, crazy. I I loved being able to watch that and then like go and post about it and say like all kinds of crazy things about this shot and like what it means for disc golf or whatever. And I just feel like that moment would have been significantly less special if everybody was reacting to it at a different time, because that's kind of what we were experiencing with Jomez. And so I, I think really, to answer your question, I kind of roundabouted there, but uh, to answer your question, I think it really just comes down to getting a huge sponsor or getting a huge, like get, getting a way to get more money into the sport. And then in return, getting a better live product, because really with the resources that we have now, I can, I can tell you from that side of things, they're doing as good as they can. And, and some like, the fact that we're watching disc golf live and we're only getting at big events, like 15,000 congruent viewers is pretty insane because like for, for a sponsor to really want to jump in on something like that, we need to start seeing numbers jump up into like 50,000 plus before we even really start getting those types of big companies to look at disc golf as far as a live product goes.
0: Well, I don't have a follow-up question on that, but first, like, I think you're absolutely right about, like, the James Conrad shot. Like, I remember I finished up a tournament, actually, I think at Dexter and Eugene, and I was driving home, and I was just kind rest of rest my... What
3: was that? I was at that same tournament. Oh, I almost yeah. got the
0: dub. I think you beat me. No, <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I think that's one of the first times I played with you on the card. I do remember that, but um, I was driving home. I had my phone kind of just rested and kind of just glancing while I'm driving. Being safe, guys. Being safe. But sometimes not so safe on the boring I-5 drive. But I got wrecked because I was watching and this shot went in. I'm just like yelling in my car, like, oh my God, you know, like just, you know, and and, awe. And that, you're right, like experiencing that moment live, I think is really like crucial. But when you start to talk about like, you know, this is my follow up question when that kind of where the money's at and following that money, we've seen two different kind of styles last year. We had live coverage, but then we had ESPN come in and film. And then, like, was it, PDX Open was released, like, six months after, three months after, whatever it was. And we had to wait, and we all knew the results. So, like, then you're talking about, like, we need, like, that 50,000 viewership, but nobody wants to go and watch, I think, this golf three months later, after we already know the event and we're already moving on and transitioning to this next one. And so that that follow-up question is, like, where do you start to see, like, if we're chasing some of the money where does this kind of blend does like a Hulu live streaming make sense? Cause I know they're kind of going more and more into sports um, or does like trying to partner with a more traditional like format make more sense? Like, where do you feel like this dream partnership um, should start to lay or lie?
3: Yeah. So I think really the people that are in charge of it right now, like I think the, the disc golf network in general is doing a great job. So I think really it's, it's more so about getting the people that are already doing it more funding and more uh, ability to be able to be more creative. Cause really right now the, their whole product is 100% based upon if the place has cell service or not. Like that's, that's really the biggest difference between tournaments that have good live coverage and tournaments that either have none or have bad live coverage. So it's, you know, j- just getting past that hurdle alone would be huge. Like, if, if we had a good consistent product to be able to show people and like show, okay, this is the way that you watch disc golf, that that's a huge step in the right direction. Um, and so really, I don't, I don't think it's about going out and outsourcing, or like you mentioned, going, going to ESPN and saying, Hey, here's what we have. Let's try and work out something. I think the the product that we're bringing to ESPN already is awesome. Like that for what it's for. For, you know, intention or intentionally trying to get new people into the sport, I think that part of it is great. So I think that part is awesome. What needs to happen is the people that are already doing a great job bringing us live disc golf need more. They need more help.
1: So you're saying it, it, it was good for growing the sport, being on a major sports network, but kind of like what Paige was saying, for the everyone that was really interested in watching it before – we already knew what happened. And it was like, Oh, three months later. Like, I think I had it on in the background while I was like cleaning because I wanted to see what it was like. But at the same time, I was like, I already kind of already know what's going to happen. But I guess for someone who was flipping through channels and then saw, Hey, what are these people are throwing round circles? What is this? You might've got a new disc golfer or someone interested in the sport. So good for growing it. But yeah. I
0: was going to say, I feel like the tough thing with that though, is like for those newbies, like, because I, I, every year ESPN will do like the Albatross shot and now it'll probably be like the the um, Conrad shot that's forevermore. Like it's almost like disingenuous when somebody that has no idea about disc golf but knows I disc golf and they send it to me and I'm just like, like I've seen this video hundreds of times at this point. Like how do I like feign this interest and be like in excitement with them? And it's the first time seeing it. Same thing with like PDX like open when they're like, oh, I was flipping through the channels and I saw this and I'm just like, oh, I know who won I watched it live. I, you know, was here like strongman is the same thing where they did the Arnold classic and I was watching live on YouTube. And then it gets posted on like one of like TNT or whatever, like six months later. And someone's like, Hey, flip into this channel right now. Strongman's on. And it's like, well, I've already watched all of this. Like I already know who won, but like, how do you keep that excitement for them? Who was experiencing it for the first time? That's my challenge as being like, so like embedded in the sport of trying to help those people without being disingenuous and without being like the, well, I've seen it. Like, I don't really care right now. Like, like, how do you make that an excitement for them so they want to be more interested because those are gonna be those like viewers that we start to need. And, you know, I think that's what's gonna carry over that transition of being like, oh, well Paige is carrying that interest with me and we're watching it together. And, you know, and finding that kind of some of those next steps.
2: Yeah, the, the first thing that pops in my head for that if so, if somebody sends you know a message saying, Hey, we've seen this before, and you know they're just getting into the disc golf scene, you know, show that excitement and then send them back another clip of a different event that happened in the past for them to check out. Like, oh, you like that one was sick too, but check this one out. And mm-hmm. there's a lot, you know, it's not just those two of the albatross and and the shot.
0: Oh, and it like, Nico has
2: skip shots, like for was it it was an albatross. That skip in the parking lot he did. Was that last year, year before? Yeah. After. Nico, yeah, yeah. talking about who
0: LeCastro.
1: threw it? The Castro. Yeah, yeah. He, Nico, he yeah. got he got pumped for that one. up. <laughs> we streets. need <laughs> to, uh, hot take. We need more
3: people like Nico Le He gets a lot of heat, but we need like we yeah, need like more ace. characters like that. That makes. He's the all star.
1: What what, what yeah. was that? What did he throw? Because he's with he's, Gateway, right? But is he just at the open with back Gateway? Now. He's okay. Open
3: back, but he he is sponsored by Gateway and this new company called Clash Discs, but. He has an open bag,
1: though. I was trying to figure out what – does anyone know what disc ace aced was? Cause, I mean, it was kind of cool seeing him do that and get so excited. That That's what I loved. Someone that got yeah. so excited – like, a professional who does this for a living got so excited for making a disc on a basket. Like, I thought that was cool. And someone seeing that, that might kind of get some feelings going. So, I like that. Well, me,
0: <laughs> feeling, I know sometimes I'm a heavy critic of him, but I was pumped for him and – that excitement was felt through. Like, I've watched that clip so many times, and I'm just like, I hate the camera angle. We talk about filming and good filming. They go, sure. and then it's just like blinded, <laughs> and you see it crash, and they're like, oh, it's
3: yep. like, I hate it.
0: Like, the, 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 who filmed it? But it's like, you, you lost sight of the disc. I get it. Like, but I, I, they captured it after that, and that excitement bled through. And better believe I wanted to go and throw some more, and it keeps my yep. excitement going within like this call for sure. Got hyped. Yeah. There's nothing, like, what was, it, like, Dickerson, like, he aced um, at the Beast last year, and he kind of just, like, puts his bag on, just kind of walks up, and... Now, was, like, he
1: did ex- he did uh, an interview and said, like, I think there was something going on, like, he had, like, something, he-, he was having, like, mentally, like, wasn't all there or something, so that's why he was like, I didn't want people to think I wasn't excited, but it was just, like, he either had a bad hole before or something like that, so he was just kind of, like, mentally oh, not there.
0: You know, and I get, I, I mean... I had a tough time at Milo the other day and <laughs> I did like a crazy like 80 foot spin putt, banged it. And I'm just like, I, I don't want to smile. It's been a shitty day, but I can't not smile. <laughs> but like everyone's like pumping me up and it's like, I'm not feeling good. This is a bad day right now. And that's just a cool putt. Like, but well, you hit those on bad days. You don't hit those on like when everything's going good and clicking. <laughs> but, well, I mean, I want to, we got about seven minutes left, so I do want to give a spotlight to, like, CH Sports and ask, like, what's kind of next for you? What are some of your plans? I know Jomez does the putting game now. They're, they're filming. You have skins matches out there. You talked about your dream kind of doubles match. Like, what's kind of next in store for CH Sports?
3: Well, I think in the immediate future, uh, I just signed a deal to cover all of the Oregon Series events, and so that has kind of already gotten, gotten underway. Uh, the first one was Santiam Open that we had in Salem. Uh, what was it, mid January, right?
0: Yeah, like two like, months. Yeah, almost like a month and a half ago at this point.
3: And so that that coverage is out now. So I would encourage people to go watch that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my my tournament plans for the upcoming future. So I'm covering all ten of those events, and then I also just signed to cover Kitsap Classic. In uh Seattle, that's a big A tier that we have here in the Northwest. And then I'm also covering the SeaTac Open, which is also a A tier up north. And uh really outside of that, uh I can't really announce much, but there is more.
1: Ooh, so.
2: exciting. Ooh, Ooh. I like let that me follow up there.
0: Let me follow up with you because these are big tournaments and we obviously need coverage on this, and I'm stoked to see that coverage, but let me ask you like as a competitor, you called yourself a tournament grinder, just like I am. And Mm -hmm. we talked about like, for me, I always like to compete against people. So competing against you for a time, I'm playing in these tournaments that you just listed off and I'm like super pumped as a player. Where does that tear start to happen with inside you of like wanting to play, wanting to film and having that kind of like give and take?
3: I think really it's just organizing my time very, very efficiently. Um, You know, I'm a guy that, I'm pretty much always working like whether I'm working on my passion and working on work, you know, I'm, I'm constantly always working. I work 40 hours a week at, at my job. And then I also, you know, I probably put into the busy season, probably close to 30 hours a week into YouTube. And so then whatever's left is kind of, you know, what I have to get better with in disc golf. So it it's nothing new to me to like find weeks to play. Uh, obviously I would love to be playing all the Oregon series events, but, as a player i'm making the jump up to open this year so it's it's tough to find those weekends to play when i'm also filming so you know last season it was easier to find those weekends because it was like okay well if the the tournament is uh tea times i can usually you know play and then have enough time to turn around and film and so for anybody that doesn't know that's what i was already doing last year I i would play my ma1 event and then right after i would you know Hustle grab my camera bag out of the car and hustle out to pull one's t pad so I could film the m p o guys playing um but now that I'm making that jump to open, you know i I kind of have to find that and that's why like weekends like this weekend are big where there's not anything going on really, so I'm finding a tournament to play um and so I'm playing a tournament at Timber Park this weekend, but you know that's that's kinda gonna be the biggest thing is finding those weekends you know, finding the weekends that nothing else is happening and going to go find a tournament. Mm -hmm.
0: No, definitely. Well, no, we appreciate you, I mean, for talking. So maybe we'll transition into some of our closing thoughts. So, Josh, you want to kick us off?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I think this – tonight's episode kind of brings light to the smaller companies, whether it be a disc store, a local shop you have in your town, um, CH Sports, you know, give people that are up and coming your attention more um, you know buy from the smaller shops go check out these videos because ch sports videos are amazing to watch and you get to see some courses that you probably haven't seen before um, and players you haven't seen before so to support the the smaller guys um, yeah that's it
0: well and I, I i'll follow up on you and piggyback on this a little bit like What Josh is saying, if you're tuning into this podcast and you are hearing us now, you are obviously a fiend for disc golf content. When you have smaller companies like CH Sports, he just did a tournament in January that's out. There hasn't been a pro tour. There hasn't been more than like two, maybe three other tournaments that have been streamed. Find these guys, watch the content because they are doing great things and they're showing great courses. Like, Senyam was at like two courses one golf course and we play that once a year so you get to see like what we see you know an experience for the first time so it's cool to see that how people attack course we didn't even have practice rounds out there you get to see something cool and how these people attack a course kind of blind um so check them out uh and other smaller production companies as well i think there's a lot of them out there at this point um cody closing thoughts
1: um i would say kind of what colin said earlier. Uh, Everyone has a phone out and film yourself, film your buddies with, of course, with their consent. But um, you have (laughs) to start somewhere. So if you want disc golf content, you might have to make disc golf content. In all year, Paige said earlier, we never thought we would be on a podcast. And then there might be eight people listening, there might be 80 or more. Um, So make some content. You never know what you will like doing or what you look like throwing or what you want to do. There's maybe you love disc golf and you didn't know you liked filming. Maybe you like doing both of them together. If, if you're not going to do it, um, who will? So get out there. Don't be afraid to uh, film yourself, throwing on a local course. If you're, if you're nervous, do it by yourself and you don't have to show anybody. Um, If you want to show somebody, show somebody. So you, you have to start somewhere. Phones now have like 4k, cameras in them anyway so make something happen if you're gonna if you want to do it do it pretty simple
0: well no and cody like kind of following up on what you just shared too like film yourself and even if you don't post it anywhere film yourself and make adjustments to your form the amount of times i watch my videos and make corrections of myself throwing I'm pausing it. I'm slow motion. I'm checking these things out to make these corrections and being like, I like this. Look, look my you can see my whole entire body matching the angle of my disc. That's awesome. Oh, this is why I messed up this shot. Look, like, and, I, and you know the feeling because you do that shot, so it's still kind of vivid on your body. Like, Experience these things and just like, get into the habit of doing it. I think you're going to be better for it as a player. Um, Colin, closing
3: thoughts? Yeah, I think I'm going to kind of take everybody's input and kind of, uh, put it into one overarching theme is like social media in general is a scary place, but it's also very, very useful. And so it's useful for growing smaller companies. It's useful for, uh, engaging in, in finding friends and finding different communities of people that, you know, you, you are able to connect with and, you know, create lifelong friendships out of that. Um, so I would just encourage people, no matter how scary social media does seem, just put yourself out there and, you know, kind of find your own little little sector of social media that you enjoy and that you, you know, can thrive in. And I know I've done that. And so j- just having that part of my life has definitely brought a different side of it that I never thought would be a big part of my life. but. Um, you know, I'm definitely very glad that that's where it is now. And so uh, I would just encourage people to reach out and, you know, find your little sector of social media, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, you know, there's, there's a million different ways to be involved now, but um, finding your own little sector and something that you can get involved in and find a way to help grow the sport that we all love.
0: So my closing thoughts are this, don't set impossible standards for yourself, right? Be forgiving in this idea and these approaches to things. I think when we do disc golf, nobody expects to throw the perfect shot every single hole. And I think if you did, you wouldn't find a home in disc golf for as long as probably a lot of us are playing. It's that challenge, that growth, and that, that forgiveness that comes with all of that and wanting to continue to pursue these things. And I mean, like, and not being afraid to make those mistakes. I mean, you can see us, I know we're a little bit disjointed, discombobulated today. Um, Colin was swimming in shit Creek. And, through a wrench but we still kind of you know went with them that discord we danced with it we made sure that we're consistent we're following through and you know we're definitely gonna bring colin back because i know he has a lot like he wants to say and you know we don't need to say see his head bobbing the whole time but my point is not being afraid to make those mistakes the things that you allow yourself to do on the disc golf course like correlating that to some of your life and your actions and being a you know taking those risks and you know bearing that fruit and i think it's going to be you know well worth it in the end so with that guys i mean we're going to be live or live on spotify i think josh what wouldn't do we get this ad now uh stitcher stitcher, stitcher. so we're on <laughs> stitcher youtube spotify apple music um google podcasts so we encourage you to like subscribe follow share tell your friends about us um and just kind of keep jamming it in the rough right guys let's have an amazing weekend i'm driving to vegas so if you guys are there look me up i'm gonna be pumped have a good weekend guys